Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, are you psyched to talk about the reigning national champion Clemson Tigers tonight? I am psyched. They're one of my favorite teams to watch in this conference, and I'm a Dabo guy. So You're a Dabo guy? I'm a Dabo guy, so I'm pumped to talk about Clemson. Yeah, well, let's start there. Let's talk about Dabo. Um, I feel like that's the Clemson version of talking about the Knolls. How about how about that for a transition? Yeah, let's talk about Dabo. That was well done. That was professional radio stuff there. Um, Mike, we talked about Dabo Swinney's abilities as a, as a head coach last year, and I think we stirred up a little bit of controversy. I, I personally said I was not a big believer in him as a coach, mostly in the sense that I don't think that he's a big X's and O's kind of guy. Um, but there's a lot of people and a lot of points to be made in the line in the way of uh, as a head coach, your job is more building the program, recruiting, uh, putting the staff and the players in, in place to succeed, all this stuff. Did the 2016 national championship run? Did that change your perception on Debo Swinney as a coach, or uh, did it affect the way that you view him whatsoever? Is it is it you know as things stand on the national stage? Well, I mean, they win two big games. They win the semifinal game against Ohio State when the Buckeyes didn't look like they belonged on the same field. And then you go into the national championship game. You go toe-to-toe with Alabama the entire game. And then you win at the horn. I mean, you win with, what, two seconds left? They threw that pass to Renfro. So, yeah, I mean, it changes my mind because you look at Dabo and he's been able to recruit since he's been at Clemson. And this team has always been good and always been in the mix. There was no question he was a very good coach, but... There comes a point in time where you make the jump from really, really good to elite. And I think you make that jump when you have a team that's consistently in the hunt year in and year out and then can finish it off and win a national title. So now you have a team in Clemson that is always there and always in the mix and is always going to be in the conversation at the end of the year, but now has a national title in their back pocket. So, yeah, I mean, it changes my mind about Dabo Swinney. I think he makes that jump from being a very, very good coach to an elite coach and this isn't like the Gene Chizik discussion where it's like, oh my God, you win a national championship, you're an elite coach. No, this is with Dabo Swinney, you had a program that was progressively getting better year after year, and then the last couple of years has been in the hunt in the college football playoff and finally got the job done. And now you have a team that's losing a ton on offense, and we'll talk about that in a second, losing a ton on the offensive side of the ball. They're still being considered as one of, one of the favorites in the ACC to go back not only to the conference championship game, but to make a run at the college football playoff when losing all that talent on one side of the ball. So that speaks not only to the program that Dabo's built, but also the recruiting that's coming in and and the type of player that he's bringing into the program. And not only that, but the respect that he's gained from winning a national title and everything that he's done there so far. So yeah, I think it does change my mind about him because he's made that jump incrementally throughout the years. But 
you know, capping it off last year with the national championship. And now, you know, Clemson is now the hunted instead of the hunter. I think the level of sustained success we've seen from Clemson under Dabo Swinney has, I mean, really it has to be taken into account. 2016 was the sixth straight year that Clemson has won 10 or more games. And five straight years, they've lost three or fewer games. Um, so just very, very telling how, how well this program has performed over the last six years. And that sustained success is the really the, the toughest thing, I think, to create uh, as a head coach at the college level. You know, you could say that he, he really benefited from recruiting and, and uh, being able to coach, you know, one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen in the last decade um, in Deshaun Watson. But even still, I mean, there's something to be said for that. My only reservation still, and, and so the thing that we, we would go back to is that Debo Swinney has done a really good job of uh, hiring assistants, you know, and bringing in guys like Chad Morris and Brent Venables and such to run his offense, run his defense, paying top dollar, you know, being able to keep them around rather than letting them run off and go be head coaches somewhere else, you know, and, or coordinators somewhere else, certainly. My only question becomes, what is Dabo Swinney as a head coach if he's given a significantly smaller budget? You know, I, I don't know that he is a uh, as, as effective if he has less money to work with, and maybe that's a, a really obvious thing to say. Maybe most coaches just wouldn't be as effective with less money, but I guess it's more a thing of, is, is he successful because he's so good at building the program, or is he partially successful because of all the resources at his disposal? You know, who, who else could be successful in the place that he's at? I think that's my only my only reservation, but I mean, when you look at who's got the most successful programs in college football today, I mean, you can't you can't leave that you can't leave Dabo Swinney off that short list for sure. Yeah, I mean, Dabo got himself there coming from you know his playing days at Alabama, working up through the coaching ranks, and then gets his finally gets a position there at Clemson, big time coaching job. I mean, that's that's a question that's, I think, a bit unanswerable at this point. I mean, I, I don't think unless something were to happen and he could just completely falls off the map, it's unlikely that he'll ever hold one of those smaller coaching jobs with a limited budget. Um, I, I think that's one of the benefits, obviously, of, of coaching at Clemson, especially when you're in the national championship uh, era, so to speak. So I, I think he's got Clemson going in the right direction. Um, but he has his work cut out for him this year, especially – you know, with losing all the talent that he lost on the offensive side of the ball, especially a quarterback where Deshaun Watson has moved on to the NFL. So Clemson named Kelly Bryant as a starter, and Kelly Bryant's been the backup to Deshaun Watson the last couple seasons. And Bryant is a junior and a similar type quarterback to Watson, but obviously not quite as skilled. At least he hasn't had the opportunity to, to display his skills in the manner that Deshaun Watson has. So how much trust do you have in Kelly Bryant to lead this offense? Uh, at this point, not a ton, and I say that just out of the total lack of track record that we've seen from him. Uh, Mike, let me give you Kelly Bryant's overall passing line in the, in the season uh, uh, for 2016 in games decided by less than 50 points. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, that was it. He didn't throw any passes in games decided by less than 50 points for Clemson last year. So. Well, that, was, that was pretty easy. Yeah, no, that was that was the math was real simple on that one. So um, basically, for me with Kelly Bryant, uh, we haven't really seen him put in a in a position of pressure. I think ultimately what you're looking for with him versus the other guys on the on the roster is being that he's a junior, he's been around for a while, he's he's got some game experience, although limited as it might be. 
So ultimately, what you have to think is that the floor is much higher with him. You know, Kelly Bryant, is, is, at his worst, is still going to be decent. And with all the talent around him at the skill positions, you can't worry too much about the quarterback situation, just it, it, with the caveat that, of course, it's going to be worse than what you had with Deshaun Watson. Uh, my question then becomes, you know, what what does the, the rest of the season look like? You know, is he is he the guy all year? Uh, at some point, do they make a move and maybe switch uh, over to, like, a Hunter Johnson or someone else? You know, time will tell. Um, but for now, I mean, I, I can't really say that I have a whole bunch of faith in Kelly Bryant just based on what little we've seen from him in, in anything that matters. So uh, I, I, I just can't give my endorsement until I have. I guess I trust him more than I trust anybody else. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I you know, which isn't saying much. I mean, they have no real production at quarterback returning. Um, you know, you mentioned Hunter Johnson. I, I think he's the guy if Bryant doesn't produce early. Uh, you, you know, I think he's the guy who comes in and, and makes some noise. I mean, Zara Cooper's another guy who's in the mix there, a quarterback who's, you know, being talked about as a backup there. But, you know, the way I look at it um, with this offense, I think if – if it's not going to be Kelly Bryant, I think it is going to be Hunter Johnson. You don't recruit a quarterback of his caliber and then not play him. Um, eventually, he's going to be the guy that you know steps in and leads this offense down the line, whether it's when Kelly Bryant graduates or when Kelly Bryant starts to struggle. I think this is Hunter Johnson's future here with the offense. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I trust him more than anybody else right now because he's the returning veteran, so to speak. But, you know, he doesn't really have any statistics, you know, to really stand behind at this point in time. Um He's carried the ball a few times. I think last year he had like 12 carries for 22 yards, which doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. But, um, you know, he's taken snaps in a college game before, and that's more than you can say about the other quarterbacks at this point. So I guess we'll have to see. Uh, But, you know, if the quarterback's not working out, they'll be relying heavily on the running game. And, of course, they lost another contributor at that position, uh, Wayne Gallman, you know, three-year starter at the running back position. Uh, declared early, moved on to the NFL. Um, Andrew Parker, our number one listener, of course, asked us who's going to win the running back position battle. And, Joey, I guess I'll answer this one first. Um, It's going to be a mix of Tavian Feaster and C.J. Fuller. Uh, Both guys returned. Both guys are returning to the fold um, after receiving carries last year. Feaster, 37 carries, 221. Fuller, 47 carries, 211. Um, Two touchdowns for Feaster, no touchdowns for Fuller. Um... They were both kind of change of pace backs last year for Clemson. Um, C.J. Fuller has been used a little bit more in the passing game, though. Um, He only had seven receptions last year, but they went for 62 yards and two scores. So he was averaging almost nine yards per reception. So, you know, I think they'll use Fuller a little bit in the passing game. At least that's, you know, he's proven that he can produce at that position. Uh, That's not to say that Feaster can't, but we just haven't seen him really used in that role before. So, I think it's going to be multiple guys mixing into a fold for Clemson. I don't think you're really going to have a bell cow back here um, hanging into 2017. Um, they do have a young, promising, true freshman, Travis Etienne, or Etienne, I don't know. He's supposed to be really, really good, as as most skill position players at Clemson are. And he's coming in, and he's the future at the running back position. But I think until then, uh, you have C.J. Fuller, uh, Fuller, you got Tavian Feaster, um, Adam Choice is another guy who could see some time. He had 45 carries last year for 158 yards. 
but I think it's going to be running back by committee with this offense. Um, and, and I think that's the way you have to play it if you're Clemson. Go with a hot hand. You're in a rebuilding offense anyway. And go with the guy that's going to give you the most production possible at the position. And if it doesn't happen to be Feaster, maybe it'll be Fuller. Maybe it'll be Choice. Maybe it'll be a true freshman. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But I don't really think you have to necessarily have a bell cow back in this offense. I think maybe maybe being a Georgia Tech guy and that Adam Choice is a cousin to to Shard Choice, former Georgia Tech running back. Uh, I guess I'll be an Adam Choice guy, but ultimately, I mean, I mean, I think there's a lot of talent in this running back room. Uh, there, there's no shortage of guys who can get the job done. Uh, Tavian Feaster, as you mentioned, Mike did really well last year in limited action, 37 carries, but was going for almost six yards per carry. Um, so that's that's pretty impressive from him. Uh, C.J. Fuller was the guy that was primarily spelling, you know, Wayne Gallman whenever he had to leave the game. So, um, I mean, I, it might just be a by committee thing, like you mentioned. I, I don't know that they're going to have a, a Wayne Gallman who had 230 carries last year. You know, they might kind of distribute it a little more evenly, and that might be fine. You know, you get slightly different skill sets, you bring slightly different uh, abilities to the offense, and kind of keep the legs fresh through the game and through the season, but. Time will tell. I'm going to go with Adam Choice. I have no good reason for saying that. Uh, I think Tavian Feaster is probably the most talented of them, just from what we've seen. But um, you're going to probably see a lot of different running backs, I think, in this offense this fall. Is that fair? Yeah, it's definitely fair. Running back by committee, I think, is the way it's going to go. Totally. Mike, let's talk about the defense real quick. Uh, and by the way, thank you to Andrew Parker again for that question. That was awesome. Um, Y'all can, again, as always, y'all can please send us questions, whatever you got, uh, to the longest email address, no demand, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Middle of the podcast. Special edition for you. Boom. Yeah, that was good. Um, I'm glad you got the, uh, the nailed it on the end of it there, too. Uh, Mike, let's talk about the defense right quick. Um, so this is a unit that is, is losing a few really key pieces. So on the defensive line, they lose Carlos Watkins at linebacker. They lose Ben Bulware. In the secondary, they lose Cordray Tankersley at corner. Of those three, what's the biggest loss for this defense going into 2017? Probably Watkins. I mean, I think he was the most versatile player. Um, you can make an argument for any of these guys. You know, Watkins and his versatility, Bullwear and his leadership and uh, durability in the middle of the defense, Tankersley because of how good he was locking down receivers on the outside. But I'm going to go with Watkins just because of how versatile he was. This is a defense that I don't think really is going to miss a whole lot hanging to the season, but I think if you had to pick that one guy who they will miss more than any of the others, I think it's Carlos Watkins. But, you know, all three of those guys, if they were returning to this Clemson defense and they had eligibility left or they just, you know, chose to stay in school a little bit longer, uh, this defense would be unbelievable hanging into this year. And it's supposed to be a very, very strong unit once again, uh, regardless. But, yeah, I think Watkins is the one guy out of that trio that I think you would want more than the other two. Ten and a half sacks and four pass breakups. That is uh, not to be not to be pooed at, you know, from the defensive line. That's really strong. I'm actually going to go with Cordray Tankersley, Mike. Um, I, I think having a guy like him on the on the outside that you can just basically lock up receivers one on one and take away a side of the field or just take a receiver out of the game for the most part. I think that has a huge effect on the offense and what they're able to do as well as your front seven and what they're able to do and how they're able to play. Um, so I'm going to take Cordray Tankersley. He had 11 pass breakups last year, four picks. Um, but even then, you know, I don't think his side was targeted much at all. And it was just a tribute to how well he was able to cover guys from anywhere, anytime, you know, kind of thing. So 
I think Corderia Tankersley is the biggest uh, biggest loss from that unit last year. But again, I mean, there's guys at every level that they're they're losing. But ultimately, they bring back a lot of guys, Mike. They bring back a lot of guys. I mean, do you think this defense will be even better than last year? You're only replacing four starters, three of them we just mentioned. Um, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know. You know, really, when you look at Dabo Swinney and his ability to recruit Brett Venables and, you know, all the guys they've brought in on that side of the ball, um, it's really hard to, you know, kind of think of this defense, no matter how much talent they're turning over, you know, to really take a step back. I mean, you think a few years ago, um, they had one of the best defenses in the country, and the defense was supposed to be the weak spot of the weak spot of the team, and it led them to the national championship game with a unit that was pretty much brand new in the front seven, uh, one of the best units in the country, and they darn near pulled off the national championship victory that year um, in the 2015-16 season, and. Um, you know, the, of course, they win it last year in the rematch, but you think about all the talent they were replacing a couple of years ago. I mean, I think there's a great chance it could be even better than last year uh, just b- due to track record alone. I totally agree. As you mentioned, they only lose four starters from last year. That's, again, Watkins, Bulware, Tankersley, uh, and then Jadar Johnson at safety. I mean, with as much talent as is on this defense, bringing back seven starters, you still got a lot of your leaders, Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins up front in particular. Uh, Kendall Joseph at linebacker, like there is still so much potential in this defense, and to think that they've got a couple of again big name role players. I don't want to downplay the the ability of the guys that they lost, but that they could bring back almost everybody from that unit. I think this unit could be as good, if not better, than last year. And and last year they were really damn good. So. It, Kind of an interesting thing that coming off of a national championship year, you expect kind of a, a rebuild, uh, losing a lot of guys, and that's not really the kind of year that we're looking at for Clemson in 2017. So uh, keep an eye out on this defense. Um, Mike, anything else on that before we uh, move on? No, defense will be really good. Uh, pick your poison with the Tigers, but I, I think you'd want to defend their offense rather than go up against their defense, at least at the beginning of the year when looking at it on paper. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna try to beat Clemson, the goal is make it a low-scoring game. I think because you're you're just not gonna be able to score a lot of points on that defense. I think is a fair assessment. Uh, let's talk about the schedule, Mike. Um, this sets up really interestingly, I think, for Clemson. Week two at home against Auburn. Week three on the road at Louisville. Week five on the road in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. That's three very difficult, very losable games right out the gate that I think, if I'm a Clemson fan, I think I have some concern about. Again, with as much as has to be replaced on offense, um, you you figure that some of these teams, like Virginia Tech put up some points last year on Clemson's defense. Uh, Louisville did as well with Lamar Jackson. Auburn's got a, a retooled offense. Any of these teams could start to put up. 24 or 30 points, you know, and it's not a, a slight on Clemson's defense at all. Meanwhile, the question is, with such a new offense and new pieces and, and a new quarterback and all this, is can that offense keep up? What do you think is a reasonable expectation of Clemson here in this first month of the season in that five-game stretch with three just really tough challenges at, right out the gate? Yeah, this is tough here. So you got the front seven on defense. So you like your chances against Auburn and Louisville because you have a great front seven. 
But on the flip side of that, if this gets into a high-scoring game, I don't think that early in the year you trust your offense enough to keep up with an offense led by Jarrett Stidham at Auburn and Lamar Jackson at Louisville. I, you know, the one benefit is you get Auburn at home, the tougher of the two games uh, when looking at the Auburn and Louisville, um, you know, back-to-back slate there, uh, September 9th and the 16th. You know, so if this gets into a high-scoring game, I, you know, it's to the detriment of Louisville. Um, you know, once again, you go to Blacksburg in late September. That's a tough place to play. Virginia Tech is replacing the right side of their offensive line, and again, you've got to love your front seven if you're Clemson uh, going up against that Virginia Tech offensive line, even if you're on the road in Blacksburg. But you know, to your point, Joey, now with an offense at Virginia Tech that is replacing a lot. Um, you know, last year that Hokies offense in the ACC championship game went up and down the field on a very good Clemson defense, was able to score some points. Your concern has to be if the, you know Virginia Tech game plans well enough in that one, and they got the home field advantage, and Clem- and Virginia Tech's got a good defense of their own going up against you know maybe Kelly Bryant or you know if you're placing with Hunter Johnson, that's a tough task for a true freshman to go into Blacksburg and and win against a defense that strong. So, what do I think is realistic um, with with these first five games? Um, we we didn't even mention the opener against Kent State and a home game against Boston College, kind of sandwiched in the middle of those there. Um, I think it's safe to assume you beat Kent State by about 65 points, and then you beat BC by a ton as well. I think the real question comes down to Auburn, Louisville, and Virginia Tech, obviously. Um, I think Auburn, getting Auburn at home helps, but that's a tough offense to play in Week 2. If Jared Stidham plays like he did at Baylor a couple years back, and Auburn's defense is as good as advertised. I think that's a losable game. I like Clemson's chances against Louisville again because of the front seven. Uh, you know they are going on the road there uh, to play the Cardinals, and it's never it's always a tough place to play there as well. But you know I, I like Clemson's chances in that game just because of the front seven. Much like I like their chances against Virginia Tech a couple of weeks later because of the front seven. You're putting pressure. You're going to be facing a redshirt freshman quarterback in Blacksburg as well, and Josh Jackson and a retooled offensive line. So, uh, you know, I, I think Clemson could drop one of these first five. Um, I would be surprised if they dropped two, even though the schedule is a bit daunting. I mean, you're pl- facing three preseason top 25 teams for whatever that's worth. Um, but, you know, schedule is daunting. You get Auburn at home. That's the toughest game out of those three. So I think that's one positive. But the Virginia Tech game and Blacksburg Louisville game on the road, those are two tough games. But, you know, I think Clemson likely escapes this with one loss. If they escape it with no losses, uh, man, this we're, we're talking college football playoff Clemson once again. I think that's fair. Um, so one of the things that I think sets up really interesting in, in this schedule, so you mentioned the Boston College game, and I, was, I look at that between road trips to Louisville and uh, Blacksburg, and that seems like it has a little bit of, uh, of uh, letdown, you know, look ahead sandwich game, you know, as, as they would say on the solid verbal. I think that has some some letdown, look ahead sandwich kind of potential there. And then I kind of realized that I think that Clemson could never get out of second gear and they'd beat Boston College by like two touchdowns. So I'm not actually worried about that game. Um, the other set on the on the the season that kind of looks somewhat daunting. Home against Georgia Tech at NC State, home against Florida State. And and I don't think that Georgia Tech is really going to pose any threat to Clemson, especially 
uh, in Death Valley. I mean, they've, they've never – the last time that they won there, I believe, was Dabo Swinney's first game as head coach at Clemson. So it's been a, about a decade now, and I don't see that stretch ending anytime soon. But the problem is that that gives you a weird offense to prepare for, uh, even coming off a of bye week. And then to make a road trip to a potentially dangerous NC State and then a home game against your, your Atlantic you know, division deciding game against Florida State. I mean, with, with the quarterback situation being unresolved as it is, maybe having switched to Hunter Johnson, you know, going to a freshman at that point in the season, is there potential that you could end up you know, losing both the NC State and Florida State games back-to-back? I'm not sure. But there's some there's some definitely some treacherous nature at points in this schedule, and so I think that combined with what has to be replaced on offense, I think I'm going to take the loss to Auburn. I'm going to take a loss to Florida State, and I'm going to say I think Clemson loses one more somewhere in there to somebody or other, and it might not even be a team that we've mentioned. I mean, it could be a road trip to South Carolina, unlikely but possible. It could be that letdown game against Boston College. I don't know, but. Mike, I think I'm going to take nine and three for Clemson this year, and I don't feel good about it. I feel like I should be taking ten and two, but uh, I'm going to go with nine and three here. I'm going to take ten and two because I trust their defense, maybe even more than I should. But I keep flashing back to two years ago when we were talking about their defense losing a ton of talent, much more than they've lost heading into this season, and their defense was even better than we expected them to be, and it it carried them to a national championship. I mean. You know, Deshaun Watson was great the second half of the 2015-16 season, but that defense was absolutely phenomenal as well, and it carried them throughout the early part of the season when Deshaun Watson was recovering or, or was getting his feet back under him after blowing out his knee as a freshman. Um, I, I think Clemson's defense could be that good again. I think the offense has enough skill talent. You know, you got Hunter Renfro. You got Deion Kane. You got talent at running back. If Kelly Bryant is even serviceable, and if not him, Hunter Johnson, they'll figure it out. I mean, they were great with Deshaun Watson, at quarterback, as a freshman before he got hurt. Um, that was a team that looked every bit like a team that could compete for the Atlantic Division title before he hurt his knee a few years back. And I think they're going to be in great position to do the same thing again. I'm going to go with 10-2. and two. I think they lose the out-of-conference game to Auburn, even though that's at home. I think they'll slide by Louisville, and I think they'll eke by Virginia Tech. I think that's a, that's the one game to watch if we're going to pick the one other game on their schedule they could lose to make a third. I, I think it could be Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. I'd be surprised if it was Louisville, even though that game's on the road, just because that Louisville offensive line is just atrocious. And it got worse as the season went on last year. Um, unless they've resolved it, which I guess we'll find out in the first few weeks of the year. Um I don't love Louisville's chances in that game, even though they do get Clemson at home. But, you know, Clemson does get Florida State at the end of the year, uh, towards the end of the year at home. That's the positive. On the downside of that is Florida State literally has no flaws at this point. <laughs> they got a quarterback that's that's proven and getting better. They, they got, I guess, the one question mark's at running back. And, I mean, the question mark is – you got the number one running back recruit in the country coming in to take over for Dalvin Cook. Skill position guys on the outside are going to be really good. Defense might be one of the best, if not the best, in college football besides Alabama. I, you know, that's a tough game against Florida State. I think that's a game that Clemson could lose even though they're at home. But the one thing about Clemson's schedule and the one thing to keep in mind is they get a majority of their tough games at home. Um, the NC State game on November 4th could be tricky. NC State, of course, was so close to beating Clemson last year with the field goal that they missed. 
uh, at the end of regulation. Clemson ended up pulling things out, but I like the Tigers to go 10-2. and two. I think Dabo's recruited well enough. I think defense is going to be strong enough. I think the offense will be serviceable enough in the early part of the season to win a couple close games before kicking it in the high gear for the second half of the year. I think that game against Florida State in November could be a massive, massive game where you have maybe a one-loss Clemson or an undefeated Clemson going up against the Seminoles who, uh, you know, by all indications should be right in the thick of things in the national championship hunt, at least on paper. So Tigers are going to have another strong case to make in the Atlantic division, even though they're replacing so much on offense. I think that defense will be enough to carry them through and get them in contention. But ultimately I see 10 and two, I have them second and we'll get into our season previews. I have them second in the Atlantic behind Florida state, but this is going to be a really strong year for Clemson. It's not going to be a huge rebuild, but I do think they take a little bit of a step back. I mean, if you're rebuilding years, we said with Florida State last year, if you're rebuilding years like a 9-3 and three year, you're doing just fine, I think. Um, Mike, I'm going to have you look into your crystal ball one more time. Um, I'm going to say you wake up one morning sometime during this season and you check Twitter and you see something that's an article that says Clemson switching from you know Kelly Bryant to Hunter Johnson as their starting quarterback for this week's game. Who is that game against? I would venture to say that game is Boston College on September 23rd, and they've gotten off to a 1-2 and two start with losses to Auburn and Louisville, where the offense has sputtered and the quarterback play has been suspect. Because I think if you get the Boston College game at home, that's a nice environment. Even though Boston College's defense will be really good, you're breaking in your freshman quarterback at home before they have to go on the road to Virginia Tech the next week. I'm curious to see if Dabo has that quick of a trigger if they end up going one and two at the start of the year. I don't think they will go one and two. I think they'll they'll win two at least two of those games. But if they go one and two, I'm I'm going to be interested to see if Dabo has that quick of a trigger to switch quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to matter the record as much as just how the offense has performed in general. I think they could be four and one. But I think coming home for the home game against Wake Forest, you come home from Blacksburg, and then you've got a home game against Wake Forest, a road game against Syracuse, a week off, and then a home game against Georgia Tech. I think that's a, a good stretch to break in a freshman quarterback as the, as the man, basically, before you got to go to NC State, home against Florida State, and then at South Carolina to finish out the season. So I think... I think if I'm Dabo, even you know if, if we're winning games, but I can tell that the, the offense is not really performing up to its potential, I think I'm waiting until you come home from Virginia Tech to, to pull that trigger. Um, although, again, this is going to be kind of something to monitor throughout the season. And, and maybe, for all we know, maybe uh, Kelly Bryant comes out and blows the doors off of all of us, and, and he's the next Deshaun Watson. I mean, it could, it could happen, Mike. You never know. But Maybe we're selling um, them short, you know. He might be, might be. I mean – You've seen that movie, Angels in the Outfield. It could happen. So, oh my I mean, God. Yeah, I know you've seen that movie. You know. You know. Um, but anyway, so we'll have to kind of see and, and figure out if Kelly Bryant, the long-term plan at quarterback for Clemson, or is it going to be Hunter Johnson or somebody else on the roster? You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, Mike, anything else on Clemson before we get out of here? We're good. They'll be really good and a nightmare to play against. I'm with you. I, I again, I've got him at nine and three. You've got him at ten and two. We'll we'll get to uh, conference previews here shortly, but I think both of us are in alignment that they're probably the second best team in the in the Atlantic Division this year. So um, should be a, a pretty palatable rebuild year for Clemson fans. I think if 
if, uh, if they're really concerned about replacing as much as they got to replace. All right, Mike, let's go ahead and get out of here. we got a couple more previews to do before the season gets started. But in the meantime, um, you guys can reach us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. As I mentioned before, you can also send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, anything else you want to address in the show to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it for the second time this podcast. Woohoo! That's a that's a, a, a hot streak, I think. A, a combo, if you will. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on the Overcast app. I'm just going to assume you can find us on Stitcher or wherever else you find podcasts. For better and, or for uh, worse there. Yeah, no, no promises, but I, I'm going to assume until somebody tells me differently. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us on the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. We're posting a lot of them here in the week leading up to the start of the college football season, at least in the ACC. We had a couple of BS games this past weekend that nobody really watched. But we got a lot of college football games this weekend. We got a ton of podcasts coming out here this week, so continue to listen to us there and rate and review. We see you guys doing that. Big help. We appreciate that. Continue to do so. Hell yeah. This has been a a really good preseason. We're almost done. It is almost time for actual football, and uh, we will be getting to that very, very shortly. So, Mike, you want to come back and do this again real soon? Absolutely, buddy. Sounds good. I will talk to you then. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.